Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to the I-5 Corridors Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here, joined by Shane Hoffman after one hell of a sporting weekend here in the state of Oregon. Um, you know, I, I don't think the state necessarily gets lumped into, like, ones that would have, that would rival that sort of weekend. But, I mean, the, the Blazers are 3-0. and The Ducks just beat a top-10 team. Oregon State just thumped Colorado to reach bowl eligibility. Uh, we had great fall weather. That was that was an all timer. How, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Um, it is getting chilly. I don't know if great fall weather is is kind of abstract, but you know, um, I got this uh, I got this nice puffy little vest on in my house because we're still airing it out, getting some fresh air after all that smoke. I mean, no, it was it was a blast. Obviously, you and I had very different experiences uh, both <laughs> this weekend and on Saturday, uh, but it's cool. I like. I feel like I haven't, you know, because I have covered some of the bigger games, especially the postseason ones. I just haven't been in person in the stadium and not in the press box for many of the big duck games since I've been here. And it was cool um, just to kind of soak it all up. And then to, not only that, but to go back and hear how loud it was on replay was, was impressive too. Actually, that was the thing I was noticing yesterday. Cause I was watching, I was watching the replay last night and I don't know like what, cause I mean like it gets plenty loud in the Austin press box and I actually do appreciate the Austin press box cause you'll run into a lot of them where they are completely glassed up and like, you don't get a feel for the stadium. Um, it was that way when we were in Atlanta, it's, it's that way in Dallas or at uh, pretty much at like any NFL stadium. It was in Columbus too. Yeah. And, and I, and I think it really just kind of neutralizes the environment a bit. Um, but Autzen allows a lot of that in, but even just going back and watching the broadcast and just getting some like different of the like different crowd shots and um, like this is the stupidest thing, but like the one thing that I took away was just like how vibrant the whole stadium looked. I mean, with like the pink and the yellow and the green and, and like it was, it just looked like a really cool college football Saturday, and I think it came across in that in, in the broadcast as well. Yeah, I was telling a few people that it was we were we were walking to the game. We were talking about I think Penn State came up with the whiteout, right? And how right. cool that always looks when they have those games. And I was like, it's tough for Oregon because they got so many damn colors that even when they attempt to have the student section all wear like let's say green, you've got yellow, you've got white, you've got black, and then you had pink. And the student section actually did a good job. It was almost all pink in the student section, but obviously you had a lot of colors sprinkled throughout. But um, it doesn't really matter if the stadium is packed; it still looks cool and. Chat was awesome. I took a cool video of that that I forgot to send to you and to put in the post. But it was it was it was an awesome atmosphere. Um, it seemed I'm, like I'm 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 glad you went to that just and went in the stands. And, and that was something that you and I had kind of talked about a little bit before because it was like we knew this was going to be a big game. But also mm -hmm. like your entire time that you were a student at Oregon, like I don't think there was a game that was close to this. And you know if you're uh, if you're if you're taking the scenic route and, and you have the opportunity to uh, uh, go to something like this, like go to it, man. Like I, I wrote a pretty good game story that I was happy with. I didn't need you. Like I'm 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 glad you you don't remember that day quite as well as I do. <laughs> yeah, scenic route <laughs> is definitely one way to put it. Um, that's a good point, though. You know, like and and I thought your game story was great, but you know, it was it was almost uh, too easy because it was like I think everybody kind of just did the same thing this weekend, and people did it to varying you know degrees of success. Don't get me wrong, but it was everybody that the, the Ducks are playing like Chip Kelly's team, um, maybe maybe more killer instinct, whatever you want to say. Um, and then you're leading in with a lot of people led with the onside kick, which was a huge turning point in that game. I I, I was trying to think of like because like I love to just go with the counter story to like what's kind of like what everyone else is writing but like i just felt like that this game like that 
that was you can't the story. really with that I one mean, yeah. like yeah like you know there wasn't anything to write about the defense like unless you wanted to write like a like a really really in-depth sidebar about um the onside kicker or, or, or something but or like <laughs> right, yeah. you know or or like I, I guess you could have you know gone off on something about like troy franklin or bucky irving or all that but i think just I don't think there was anything else to write about in that game. And it's, it's Oregon. I had somebody quote, retweet my story and then delete it later. But they were like, what do you mean Oregon is back? Like they've won three. Pack- <laughs> and it's just like, just read the story. I kind of explain it. And right. It's, you know, this, this, this has been a program that has survived or actually thrived for basically the last decade outside of one year. And even though they, you know, won games the last four seasons it just it was it wasn't in, in a way that I think a lot of people here have come to enjoy watching football and mm-hmm. I, I don't think anyone in that stadium uh on Saturday didn't have a blast like like that was yeah. that was a, attractive football it was fun football and uh Oregon's really good I, I think that's yeah. kind of the, the the message here yeah a few things because I don't actually think there's a ton of like huge takeaways from the game and I mean that and just like I think Oregon won in a way outside of, you know, the onside kick that we knew if they were going to win, it was going to be that way. Right. You know, UCLA didn't punt and they lost by two touchdowns and it really didn't even feel that close. Right. And that, that to me is, is crazy. It says a few things that says that Oregon's defense is still not, you know, maybe where it needs to be, but that this, this Oregon offense is so overwhelming. Um, you know, do you think Bo Nix can play in the NFL? I was talking about that with someone, um, yesterday i think at this point i think he can he looks so good with you know and i don't even think oregon's weapons are elite that's the whole that's the whole craziest part about like it's just the line i I think franklin might be Um, right 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 but as a whole it's not an amazing unit right but boy that that 49 yard touchdown to franklin i think he you know it was probably 55 yards in the air and it was uh it was like perfect it was it was kind of like those like vintage russell wilson type of just like moon drop right drop right in uh that was the first throw where i went like huh oh because like you know if you look at oregon right now like what should really get you excited is the prospect that he could come back next year and almost everyone on this team comes back next year maybe minus some guys on the offensive line like this could really just be the bonus year to what's building up to something next year but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how attractive Bo is to NFL teams, and I also don't know what he could be offered to stay at Oregon because this is the NIL era. And if and if people think that Oregon's just a quarterback away or like another year at Bo Nix, um, I, I think I would like to be his financial planner. Is essentially what I what I'm what I'm saying. I'm really glad you kind of went big, big picture there because. That's what I was thinking about, right? Is like, and I wrote about this in the I five we did this week. That was more of like a back and forth. And I don't think this needs to be the playoff push year because they do have that kind of stain that four nine to three loss that people are going to argue about the entire season. And I just don't really care enough to anymore. Um, they're going to be really good this year. And I think the thing that might decide if he wants to come back, you know, for a guy who hasn't won a ton in his career in a very meaningful way, you know, he was good. You know, those Auburn teams he was he was on were competitive. Um, but like, does he care enough about winning to come back and say, Hey, we might've, let's say hypothetically, they get to the Rose bowl, you know, can we make a playoff push this next year without that Georgia game? And I think the answer would probably be, there's a, there's a chance. Cause like you said, the roster is only going to get stronger um, or, you know, he leaves and then it's, can Dante yeah. Moore come in and steal Ty Thompson's shine right away. Right. And, and that was, 
that was something that I noticed during the game was I saw Dante Moore tweet out like Oregon skilled players are different. Yeah. And, and he said like, can't wait. He was treating the fan yeah. stuff. And yeah. And just think of how different that vibe is compared to like after the Georgia game, when it kind of just felt like, like the world was falling for, for, for that program. And it was just like, Oh, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope none of the recruits were watching. This is, is basically the vibe that was coming across the internet. Uh, Oregon looks good. Like this, I think they got, I think, uh, they just had somebody commit about an hour ago, a tight end. Yeah, I saw the um, duck uh, emoji the, get tweeted yeah, out. Yeah, quack. Uh, <laughs> let's do a breaking news podcast. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, mo- momentum's definitely going in their favor. Um, next year could be fun. Ne- ne- yeah, next, year, yeah. next year could definitely be fun for them. I, I, I kind of, and, and maybe this is the last thing we say about Oregon for now, but I do kind of get... And I think you probably agree with me. I get kind of annoyed with the endless ranking cycle because let's be real, it's going to be week, uh, what is it, eight next week of the football season? Nine? Eight or nine? And it's like, it does not matter where Oregon is. It doesn't matter for probably a month now. Right. And, and yeah, like Oregon's ranking doesn't matter. The only way Oregon's ranking will matter too is if they win out every single game the rest of the way too. They have to whether they get up to number five or four, you know, I, if, if they don't win the PAC 12 championship game, they're simply just not going to advance past that. And I think and that's fine. It's not but, a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, we talked about this last week. We, cause we knew if Oregon won, no matter how they won, it was going to be the buzz this week was going to be that Bo Nix is a dark horse Heisman candidate. He's already shot up to like the sixth best odds after you, I think on the last week's podcast, you're like, it might be worth a sprinkle at plus whatever. And now Oregon is, I think, eighth and can keep moving up because you look at some of the teams ahead of them, have some big games against each other. Um, so I don't know. It's exciting, it was, but I don't know how much there is to say about this playoff thing right now. It was it was cool because uh, um, I wrote a story on our site like two weeks ago comparing Bo Nix's Heisman stats against Marcus Mariota stats. And uh, it was just nice to see some other sites do it this week with the updated stats, the, the same concept. So, you know, I didn't have to, to do it. Um, he, he's still on pace. It's, it's nice to see. Um, Oregon State did what you're supposed to do to Colorado. I, I think, honestly, like that's what I love about this Oregon State team is it's, yeah, like we've seen them win close games and you know that they can rise up to beat um opponents in that fashion but like it's just nice to see them thump a team that they're just supposed to like this wasn't like cal playing colorado two weeks ago and, and losing that thing this was oregon state just being like all right like let's kick these guys' ass and they did mm-hmm. yeah um you know that it, it's tough to say this because they did just play a close game a few weeks ago against stanford but the way this team is built and now that they're playing with a little bit more confidence in goldbernson and his role um I think they're constructed in a way that gives you a lot of confidence that there's not really trap games with them and that they might not beat these elite teams, but I don't really worry too much with them when they play these kind of bottom dwellers in the conference and two of their next three, you know, ASU and, and Cal and neither one of those, if I'm an Oregon state fan would, 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 would worry me. Um, Friday in Seattle is a big one. I mean, their defense on paper looks like it has a chance to really stymie um, Michael Penix. Um, and, you know, Washington's defense has been kind of iffy at times, and I think you can run on them. Um, so I think it's a game that I, – I I think the Beavers will win personally, even though it's a hostile environment. And if they win that one and they can't take care of business, you know, I don't think they're constructed to beat Oregon this year, but, boy, that game's going to get a lot of hype. That'll, that'll I mean, we're, we're, how, how big of a – because you're the history guy here compared to me. If they end up being 9-3 and three and Oregon 
hasn't lost and they come into Corvallis, where does that rank in terms of the last 10, 20 years in, in terms of uh, the, the that matchup? Um, I haven't really covered an Oregon State matchup that's mattered and I've been on it since 14. Uh, the 13-1 was a, was a really good game, and there was a little bit riding on that one. Um, but Oregon was also, they were coming off a disappointing loss and didn't have a ton to play for. But I think you'd probably have to go back to like the War of the Roses in 2009, where it was basically like winner goes to the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think the teams this year are quite as evenly matched as like that one, but like... Man, like if, if we're all of a sudden like in this new era of, of landing and stuff, like we're getting like upgraded rivalries with Oregon State and like the UCLA, like it's, it's fun. It, it, it's a nice chapter and it's not just kind of like the usual faces of Washington and USC and, and those sorts of things. So, yeah, I, I, I put it in these exact words in the piece today. I said if they beat Washington, they've proved that they're the best of the rest, that they're the fifth best team in this conference behind four really strong teams in the L.A. schools, Utah. Oregon uh Shaden Sharp's got some some bounce (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's really fun um he's slowed down a little bit yeah I I know I so so I I kind of just like went all in with my thing in the five where I'm like I don't know like we've seen so many guys that the Blazers have drafted like the last decade and it's just like it's not that you even uh like hope that they can like turn the corner. It's just like, you just never see it. Like, you know, like Myers Leonard, it took him forever to finally like. Well, even, even Ant Simons, like you could see it, but it took what, four, four years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like in Simons too, you're just like, how is this kid gonna like be, be an impact player? But with like sharp, like he's like, a, he's just a perfect NBA body type. He can leap mm-hmm. out of the gym. He can shoot the three. Like he's going to have like rookie ups and downs, but just like in terms of like, looking at him and then like the fact that he's playing like 15 to 20 minutes coming off the bench. Um, I think he can be an impact player. And, and I think he's yeah. probably, and I think he's the type of player that might two, three years down the road be the type of player that's hard for Portland to sign in free agency. So it's like, that's a win. That's a draft. Like Portland's mm-hmm. where it is right now is because they, they were able to get Dame as a steal in the draft. Like, I, I think that's kind of really the only route for them to ever really become a true contender is they're going to have to have a couple of these things go their way. Um, and right now this one looks good and I know it's three games in, but I'm, I like watching this team and I didn't think that was going to be the case this year. Yeah. I mean, I said the same thing. Like, um, I, I also told you, I was glad we didn't go in all in on the kind of Portland should tank take, because I think actually a lot of people will suddenly have that. I, I don't, you know, Portland fans, bless their heart are always very, in on winning um and portland could lose 81 games this year get the number one thing and they would get like the number six seed in the like the lottery like that's (laughs) right right. that's how it yeah yeah but um no i mean sharp excuse me sharp looks really good and he's for me like yeah you you've now checked i think it's crazy to say this after just a preseason three games but no matter how high his ceiling is now that we've actually seen him play because that was the question because he just hadn't been playing is like you feel, I think, pretty confident that he can at least be a rotation player. And if you look back at NBA drafts, it's surprising how few guys taking the first round end up being even rotation players. So if that's a rotation player, that's a W. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was at um, I was at Max's on Friday night meeting up with some boys, and I'd forgotten the Blazers were on, and it comes down to the wire, and 
think a lot of people there had either money on the Blazers or had a lot of drinks in their system, but it was electric. I mean, and hit that little that little um, baby hook, and the place just erupted out back. And they're fun. They don't even have Gary Payton in the in the rotation yet because yeah. um, he's hurt. Um, Josh Hart is one of the. If you did like a role player ranking, like of true role players, he'd be in the top fifteen. Like he just does a ton of stuff. I don't love I think, their big man depth, but yeah. there's there's a lot going. I just I actually am really excited to just go to a game. Are you? Uh, actually, I forgot where I was going with that. But you are going to Pac-12 Media Days this week for for college basketball. What uh, what's on your mind for those? Yeah, I've been trying to think about what I want to do because I'd like to at some point before the season really starts do like a big piece. Um, on all four of the programs, uh, myself, where I mean, Oregon men's and women's, uh, Oregon state men's and women's. And I think I've kind of zeroing in on some ideas and without going too far into them. I think there's a ton of stuff with Oregon men's, you know, they're rolling Dante out like a star. Is he going to play like one? That's the question there. I'm also at ho- hopefully going to sit down with Will Richardson at some point and, and just get a really honest interview with him about what his, his kind of mind state's like with the women's team in Oregon, um, they've had so much turnover that it's hard to know kind of what this team's going to look like. So, I, you know, I think I, I might talk to uh, India Rogers at me today, and I think she'd be someone cool to write about because she's just a hooper. She's really fun to watch. Um, and then on the on the Oregon State side, um, there's a lot of fun stories with Oregon State's women, um, women's team, um, and one of their players kind of returning home, so I might do something on her. And then um, with the, I think the one that I might be the most excited to report on is just how the hell does um, Tinkle turn around the men's program? Yeah, they were just right. so bad last year. Yeah, I uh, I will be fascinated to see if that works. I I like Wayne Tinkle. I think he's a very good person. I think he's a I think he's a better basketball coach than than last year showed, especially because they went to the freaking elite eight the year before that. But my goodness, um, yeah, I I would I would definitely read that man. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I can. Uh, I, sh- I have s- sit down interviews with the two players they're sending scheduled. So that should be illuminating, hopefully. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, succession trailer. That was pretty cool. Oh my God. I like, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm still pretty bummed that it's not on this fall. Like that's been like mm-hmm. a nice, like a nice like fall tradition, but, uh, they gave us a little, a little taste today and, uh, I'm all in for like a, like a Logan power trip season four here. So they do such a good job of like the, the way they create their trailers um it's a show that's essentially i mean it's it's drama but it's essentially all dialogue and they make it seem so dramatic and cool in their trailers it's just i mean goosebumps well like the the entire show is just dialogue like their their whole like probably like their whole writer's room setup is just like all right like what's a what's like a giant set piece that we can get all these people into a room together just to have a a reason for them to just like argue and talk and Right, uh, like a wedding or this yeah, or that, yeah, or or, exactly. or like like they're all on a boat, or like they go travel to Europe, or it's uh, I I love it. It's great television. Um, this in the off season in the spring, this is probably just going to end up turning into uh, like a Ringer style succession recap. So, um, <laughs> are you watching anything right now? Am I watching anything right now? I don't think I really am. Uh, what was the last thing I watched? It's it's been a bit. Oh no! I actually just started watch. I started watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham. Have you seen that? <laughs> I've heard of it. No, it's a uh, it. it's it's a uh, it's a documentary style show, but it's it's Ryan Ryan Reynolds and um, um, Mac from Always Sunny. Uh, they actually mm-hmm. bought they bought a soccer team in Europe, 
and the, and it's at in the bottom rung of the European soccer leagues. And basically they're just like trying to like raise it up through, I mean, like they're never going to make it to the premier league, but they're, they're just trying to get it out of the bottom rung. And it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating. It's, it's a fun watch. Real life Ted Lasso type of thing. Yeah. Like, like a hundred percent, like that's probably was a little bit of the inspiration, but it's, it's unique enough in its own way that it's, it's entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I'm, man, I, mean, I am excited for succession. I've been, I've watched stuff off and on, but nothing's really, except for like Barry, nothing's really kind of stuck uh, I recently. Love, I love Barry. Barry got really dark this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and then like Better Call Saul finished up. That was, that mm -hmm. was one of my all time favorites. I thought that was one of the best finales of uh, uh, shows that I've seen. Um, and Severance was dope. So, oh, man i loved that show I, everybody I've, I've talked to i've been trying to put them on it's it's a little bit of a slow burn in a weird way but it's it's so good like if you like any of that kind of psychological stuff like black mirror or anything it's a must watch i i know they just had like the finale of like the game of thrones uh thing or the spinoff like are you into that like i was never a game of thrones person i never watched game of thrones i've seen parts of it i struggled to get into it but my friend was like, hey, you know, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, you can still watch this House of Dragon thing. So I did I did watch maybe four or five of them. There were some really cool moments. It's also a lot of incest, family politics, <laughs> and, and that kind of, I don't know, I struggled to keep up with that. I might yeah. kind of circle back and finish it because I do hear good things. But I wonder if I had watched Game of Thrones first, if I'd have more tolerance for that type of thing in the show. I don't know. I, I just watched the uh, I I watched like the last season of Game of Thrones when it was on and it was just like, eh, all right. And, and, <laughs> Without and, context, that's got to be a pretty interesting experience. Yeah, and and I think everyone everyone said that it was like the worst season they did too. So it was just like, all right, like, or just you know the finale was the same complaint everyone else had. It was like you can't see anything, so it was too dark. But uh, but anyways, this is exactly why you have been listening to the I-5 Corridors Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here. Shane, you have any last words before we take off? Yeah, I'm excited that this is when I'm going to San Francisco. The rain rolls in, and now I'm going to be out in the Bay for the next week. I'll cover the Cal, uh, Cal game while I'm down there, so I'm going to be soaking up what Southern there is to offer down there. You know the Bay isn't like Southern California, right? Like there's a very good Yeah, chance, but it's like, still looks better like than what this, we got right? right now. I mean, I look at the – I looked at the – um forecast and, dude it's uh, it's been like 85 days here for nine straight months and it's rained like three days and you're already tapping out yeah i mean it's not the great <laughs> it's not the greatest look but i'm excited to go travel give me a break yeah yeah all right well hey thanks for listening everybody uh we're gonna have some good stuff up on the corridor this week uh there's there's plenty of good free stuff available but we would love it if you would consider a subscription because it helps things such as sending shane to get a suntan in the bay area so i5corridor.com see you guys next week you're listening to the i5 corridor hosted by